0: Hey, hello Life Church Global, how are you today? It's always good to be in the house of the Lord. Today is a good day. The Lord has blessed us with this day. He has a good word for us. I'm going to pray before we start. Father, we thank you for the unity we have here. We thank you that we are different in our own ways, but you've made us one because you are amazing. You are one with us. We thank you that the word we are receiving is falling on good ground and it is yielding a hundredfold. We release peace. We release uh, hearing ears. We release the authority of God to reign right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, We are in the mystical community and I'm I'm enjoying it. (laughs) I'm sure you all are. You know, the word of God is very progressive. You keep hearing things that continuously transform your mind. And in this season, what is echoing is family, right? It's community. It's realizing that I am important, I'm valuable, I'm needed. So this is what I'm going to talk about today. Um, it's a good word because you are important, you are needed. That is going to be echoed all time and again in today's word. I have entitled today's word unified. It's part of the mystical community series. Unified. So, being unified is being brought together to be one. It's different elements coming together to make one. Yeah. Just like God is the head, Christ is the head, and we are his body. We are not separated, we are one element. So we are going to talk about the power of family, community, and church, right? It's all units that make up one. You can't separate that. You can't put that apart. And that's how God created us. I'm sure you have realized that we have an inherent desire to belong. This is why, of late, there are a lot of affiliations, people are affiliated to this, I'm part of that, I belong to that. You know, the desire to be identified with a certain group, to have a unique, peculiar identity that you can confidently align and affiliate with. It's because we're we're created that way. We are one with Christ. We are a unified body. And hence, it's a natural desire to gravitate towards unity. But it's important to realize that for there to be a unified element, there has to be alignment. Wow. You can't be unified when you're not aligned.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? I'm going to give a, a, a general example that we all know about animals. You know, the reason why animals are always in a group or a head is because they are stronger together. They are better together. And the targeted ones are the ones who strain. It's not the strength that they have. You know, it's the commitment that they have to the group, to the head. Oftentimes, when you watch National Geographic or, you know, documentaries about animals, you never see the one that is at the heart of the group being attacked, regardless of how feeble they are. It's normally the ones that choose to step out and explore the uh, the outside world that are targeted. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So it is important to know that you are needed and you're part of one unit. You are unified. So, why have I picked on three elements the family, the community, and the church? Because the family is a a group that you're born into. Normally, you don't have a choice, right? As you grow older, you realize, oh, that's my dad, that's my mom. You don't get to choose. There are a few, you know. Times when you get to choose, when you're being adopted into a family or when parents choose to adopt you into their family. But other than that, you don't choose. You just, as you grow older, as you come to know things, you learn to know that this is my dad. Whether he's short, he's tall, he looks different. That's who God gave you, right? The importance of that family is to institute an element of unity. I'm going to read a scripture. Uh, the core cool scripture from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter four, from verses nine to twelve, it says, two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If one of them, falls down one can help the other, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them. Also, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone?" Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Amen. So I'm going to talk about family. All right. What is the importance of family? Why is two better than one in a family? When God created a family, he gave instructions, assignments to each body, to each member of the family. To the children, he said, Children, obey your parents, for it is good, and it is the only commandment that has a promise. Now, I know as you grow older, you feel like parents are so old school, you know, they are not kept up to date with, you know, the trends and the changes in the world, and you feel you are smarter and wiser, right? Right. Oftentimes, when us as children, including myself, because I'm also a child, get into situations that we are not comfortable with, we tend to realize that I need my mom or my dad. They know. But, well, my dad is old school, but I I do need him right now. And then to the mother, the assignment was, the mother is the wife. Submit to your husband, right? Right. Again, that sounds like, ah, the the subject of submission is complicated. And it's not what I'm going to talk about today, but it's very controversial as it is. And you find that some people may feel that they they don't really desire to be submitted. It's not a value system that they align with. And to the Father, the Bible says, love your wife as Christ loves the church. So you see, everyone has an assignment in that body, right? Right. So it's not only the children. Sometimes you feel like, why do I always have to obey my parents? Right? But your parents were assigned to train you up in the way that you should go. So that when you are old, you will not depart from it. Yeah? So in as much as you feel like, why do I always have to do this? You are a child, right? Why do I always have to obey? Why me? You should realize that the father and the mother was also given an instruction to train you up. And training is not instantaneous. It's not an instruction to say jump. That's not how you train people. In a training session, you keep doing something. You keep going on. You know, you fall, you rise, and you continue. And that goes also for the parents. You know, training requires patience. You do something today, you show, you direct your child how they should do it. And tomorrow it feels like you didn't do anything at all. They are way back, like 10 steps further down the road. It's like nothing happened. But over time, when we continue to align to that, as the kids grow older, you become one. That's why sometimes when you see me, you can tell I'm my father's daughter. Why? My father raised me the way i speak the way i conduct myself the way i relate with the community is because i spent a lot of time with my father and my mother they guided me in the way that i should walk and i became who i am right sometimes the reason why you see a lot of family that are so cohesive they are so aligned is because everyone is rightly placed and they are playing their individual responsibilities which make up a whole It is important to realize that as a father, you are needed in the family. You are placed there strategically to build the family, to love on them as Christ loves the church. As the mother, you are strategically placed to submit and to honor your children, to train along with your husband in the way that they should go. And as children, you are strategically placed to obey, observe, and learn, right? When each individual plays their responsible roles they become one, this singleness of purpose, this alignment, you know, everyone is prepared to belong to that family. In all this, there's an element of service and honor, right? And honor is everyone's desire. When we honor and uphold individual values, we contribute towards the whole. A family is not complete when a sibling chooses to disobey. You find that the whole family sometimes go for therapy over one child who is misbehaving. This is common, right? You relate with what I'm talking about. Right? It's one child, but the whole family is dysfunctional. It's a small element that chooses to You know, uh, move away from the whole and everything is disrupted. This is how important you are. I want you to realize that you are valued, you are honored, you are needed as part of a family. Amen. So in that group of a family, when one chooses to do what they are supposed to do, they can uphold the missing link. I have seen families where certain people are not talented, certain members of the family are not talented, but because they are in such a tightly knit family, they, they turn out well. I'm sure you can relate with this. And there are people who have potential, who are really talented, but because they are placed in a dysfunctional family, they turn out to nothing. They don't, they don't become anything. Nothing happens to them. It is in the power of unity that comes from honor and realizing that each one has a part to play. So it is really important to realize that we belong one. We are united and we are united for a purpose. The Bible says, "Where there is uh, hostility or where there is strife, there also there are all sorts of evil." What I mean by that is where a child dishonors their parents, there is a loophole for evil. Where a wife dishonors her children and her husband, it opens loopholes for the evil one to penetrate. And that applies to the father as well. Because family is instituted by God. But there are benefits to being one, to being of the same mind, to being of the same purpose. In that you flourish. Okay? And you are encouraged and strengthened. Imagine after having a bad day at work, you come home, you have a loving family, you pour out your heart. You end up feeling better, right? They tell you, oh, it's okay, tomorrow is a better day. And you are groomed and mentored in the family. All right? You are loved. You are protected. You are connected. And you are empowered. The thread of family is built on reverence. It creates affiliation. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 17, verse 6, children's children are a crown to the aged, and parents are the pride of their children. That's a connection, right? And from family comes generations, you have your grandparents, great-grandparents, and all that. It becomes a unified body. Now, it is key to know that. I know I did say that when one element of the family is dysfunctional, everyone is disrupted. But I want to touch on that and correct, align it to the word of God. Love covers a multitude of sins. You cannot disown your own because they have digressed, right? An animal that belongs to the head, when they choose to come back or when they are in trouble, sometimes you see the flock advancing to support. So it takes a heart that understands that the next person is needed to forgive, to honor, and to uphold, to cover up. Continuously look out, look out for the sibling, continuously look out for your parents, continuously look out for the next person. I really loved what Pastor John and Kelsey said earlier, that our words are very powerful. Be careful what you say about your family member. Be careful how you call out an area of development in your family member. Your words are powerful enough to either uphold or destroy the next person. You have no excuse to feel that your family is not the best for you. God planted you rightly yeah. in that, right? You are planted. You did not choose. Even when you are adopted, it was by God's choice that you were adopted into that family. So you cannot choose otherwise to say, no, I would prefer to be in this person's family. No. God gave you that family for you to be groomed and be mentored in that. So that translates to a community. You step out of your family, you become part of your community growing up you know we used to live in streets you know and you you step out your neighbor and there's a neighbor's neighbor you make up a community based on your cultural backgrounds what you do you know the language you speak and all that it becomes a community and it's so cohesive that people become they collaborate in a lot of In a lot of things, they host, you know, activities together, they do things together. So it's a family unit that is expanding outside to other people. I'm glad that even as we come to other countries, that community exists and remains. And the community that we have is not built based on cultural backgrounds, where I come from, who I know, where we have met. But it's a community that is uh, built based on love and unity. When you look at the next person, you embrace them for who you are. You recognize that they are needed and you are equally needed to build up a functional community. I'm sure you've noticed even in the companies that we work that they are no longer called companies. They're mostly family. I belong to this family, right? They've become so, you know, aligned and affiliated to a point that it's no longer a company culture. It's a family culture. But what unites you is a common purpose of delivering on certain tasks you're supposed to deliver. And at the end of the month, you receive a payment for that. Why is it so important that companies are investing a lot in, you know, unifying, in building communities that are aligned, people that can work cohesively? It's because there is power in unity. There is power. We are better together. If people are disintegrated, you just walk into the office to do what you're supposed to do. You do not care what is happening to the next person. The organization would not be as profitable as when people are intentionally coming in to build up one community. And this applies in our everyday lives. You step out of your work environment. Let's talk about Try life. That's a community. And it's built on uh, the values of being together, empowering one another towards physical, psychological, and spiritual health. You partake of that with one purpose. That's where you experience the manifestation of healing without anyone laying hands on anyone. It's because it's in the atmosphere. It's people who have one purpose, who are united for one cause, who are coming together together, To deliver one goal. And that goal is to save the community. Again, there is no community without you. And it's a conscious effort now that you have to make. You've stepped out of an environment that you did not choose to belong to, the family. And then you step into a community where you have a choice. Do you want to belong or you do not want to? But my understanding is our steps are ordered of the Lord. You did not stumble on the community you are in. God planted you in that community for you to edify and play your purpose. You know, as iron sharpens iron, so do we sharpen each other. You may, you may think you're not athletic, so why should I go for try life But if you go there, you are edifying the next person to do better. You are teaching someone to endure. You may think, you know what? I don't have time. Why should I go for life group? What's the benefit in that? I can always hear the word from wherever the world has become so digital. But the reason why you're meeting and communing is because your amen is encouraging someone who is otherwise experiencing a bad day. So again, everyone plays a role in community. Everyone plays their part in community imagine let's talk about our bodies your whole body and i'll give a funny example you're not an early mornings person you know the alarm snoozes and your body tells you to wake up but your heart says no i'm not waking up not today not today imagine your body coming out and leaving the heart there is there anything like that or maybe your legs going somewhere and your body remains. Is there anything like that? Think of it like that. That's how united we are. That's how, you know, so attached to each other we are. And it doesn't seem like it works when you look at it from the outside world because practically we are not united. We are not attached to each other. We are separate entities, right? So it doesn't so much, it doesn't make a lot of logical sense to say I cannot detach myself from Amanda. Practically, I can. But there are effects of doing that. When I detach myself, Amanda's potential is also limited. It's not just me. Amanda's potential becomes limited because the supporting structure that is needed has been removed. Have you wondered why migratory birds, you know, fly in a flock, in a head? It's because when they do fly, they, they exude a certain level of energy that propels the other birds to fly as well. So when you go there and you show up and you check out on the next person how they are doing, you're empowering the community. When you go there and you speak a word of encouragement to someone who's otherwise having a bad day, you are, you are bringing about healing to them. All right? When you go there and just explain one joke that is said... You're bringing clarity to someone else. You're bringing that smile to someone else. So, importance is not in the amount of work you do towards a community, it's in your presence. You desiring to be there, wanting to belong. When you have one mind, you understand what you're doing. Imagine when you say jump and someone starts running, it's dysfunctional, right? Jumping and running are two different things. And then imagine if we say we are all feeling cold and we say, okay, let's start jogging. And we start jogging. After some time, we all get the same results, right? But if someone is jumping, another one is running, we get different results. And again, in a community, there has to be direction, right? Who gives direction? A leader. And that's really important to realize In every environment, we always have a head. You are never an independent party. Even as an individual, as you look at yourself, Christ is the head, right? We have authority because we are under authority, true? So in a community, someone has been empowered, you know, has been assigned to lead. And the only way we can be aligned is when we honor and we understand the purpose of having that leader in place. So sometimes you might look at the leader and you say, "Ah, uh, how is he a tri-life leader? He's not even athletic. How can he do that? You know, I have all the muscles. I can do this. I can do that. But when you honor the leader, you get the benefits of the leader. Moses in the Bible, uh, in the book of Exodus, who led the children of Israel from Egypt to their promised land, he had a starter. But he did mighty exploits, and he led people through tremendous events that are recorded in the Bible, a man with such a weakness. Now as we speak, we know that People who are leaders, who are often ordained leaders, are people who are eloquent, are people who can articulate themselves clearly, people who can drive people to do things. But here comes a man who does not know how to communicate effectively, who who needs an interpreter to communicate, and he does mighty exploits. I believe it happened because the children of Israel honored him. They gave him the reverence he needed to and they had what he said and that's why they managed to get to the promised land. I also love that story because in instances when they chose to disobey, there was disintegration. People died. There were delays in the process because there was no unity. In that same story, the story of Moses, there was a time when Miriam and Aaron Moses' siblings chose to dishonor him because he had married a woman from another tribe. And they questioned that. And because of that, there was delay in the movement of the children of Israel out of the camp. Miriam was struck with leprosy because of that. Now, am I saying all leaders are perfect? No. Just as we do not have perfect family members, right? We also don't have perfect uh, leaders. We also don't have perfect community members. Imagine that neighbor who gives you a lot of trouble every day. But my challenge to you is, can you be around people who do not do what is right and still choose to do what is right? Can you choose to play your part regardless? It's my responsibility. I'm needed in this situation. Fine, talent is behaving differently, but I choose to remain. I'm here. I'm standing to support. There is power when we do things together. There is power when we are patient in love. There is power when we stand in agreement as a community. And I'm sure you know that when we do things together, what's supposed to take longer takes less time because each one puts a con- co- puts in a contribution yeah. each one plays a part it's not about how much you do it's about how much you're willing and desiring to contribute towards that the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verses 25 to 27 so that they should there should be no division in the body but that is part should have equal concern for each other if one part suffers every part suffers with it if one part is honored every part rejoices with it now we are one body we now we are the body of christ and each one of you is part of it right so one person's success is everyone's success And imagine how many successes we have when we are in a family. You know that this person desires to have this and we support them. We stand with them in agreement and the other person witnesses that and they are motivated. They do the same. We become more successful. But when we choose to compete to see who is better, oftentimes no one wins that battle. It normally ends in strife, in confusion, in pain, depression and all that there is a tree that is so famous and well known for growing really tall and being ginormous and that tree is not as the redwood tree I'm sure we all know about the redwood trees right the reason why they grow so tall is not because they have deep roots but because they grow in clusters and their roots are intertwined so they get the same sources of nutrition and they cover up for each other Oftentimes when they are tall trees, you know, the ones that grow after them don't grow as much. But when you see redwoods, they normally all grow very tall and they are They are massive trees. It's because of the secret that is at the root. At the best, there is unity. They feed from the same source and they share what they have. And they keep growing. They become a formidable force. They create an element of unity that is Unstoppable. Now, remember, when we are united and we speak one voice, nothing can stop us. Nothing is impossible where there is alignment of, you know, uh, voice and attitude and mind. It's different when you say in in your heart, you disagree and with your words, you agree. When you, when you absolutely align, even when things don't make, don't make sense initially, but you commit to it. You say, I honor Amanda. And I understand that at the moment I may not fully comprehend what she's saying, but I would like to be part of this. It's usually successful. But even when the vision is very clear, but there is no unity, oftentimes nothing comes out of that. So it is important. Let us learn from the redwood trees. They are a good example for us. Let's learn from each other. Let's unite. Let's be one. That's the power we have in community. Now, again, like I said, there are times when in a community, you know, other people don't always align with what everyone else is doing. What do we do? Do we kick them out? Because we want unity, right? Anyone who steps out, who chooses to do things differently, we don't want them, we, they, they are delaying our progress. No, it's not like that again. Part of being in a team is being willing to delay a process for the sake of benefiting the next person. It's pointless to reach your goal with one limb. It's better to delay and reach whole and complete. It's important to hold on to that person, cover them up, protect them. From within, don't judge, don't condemn. Love one another. That's the value of God. Love one another. It's my responsibility to love regardless. It doesn't matter that my brother is not realizing that they're stepping on my toes. How does it help if I retaliate? What comes out of that? How does it help if I mobilize everyone against them? How do I display the nature of Christ? We are known as God's disciples when we do as he does, right? When we manifest Christ, that's when we are God's sons. Now there's no retaliation. There's no delay. In as much as there's unity and there is strength in communion, in community... We should have the love towards one another rather than the common goal we are trying to achieve. When the feeble amongst the community becomes strong, that community is even stronger. But when we have a community that focuses on the strengths of the few and drives towards that, there's not much that is achieved. Eventually it will crumble. Because the supporting structure, the best, is competitive. It's not loving. Remember the reason why the redwood trees grow taller and stronger is because of what's underground, the root. So what is visible to others should be based on what is in our hearts, what is hidden here. How do I look at the next person who is not aligned to the value system? How do I patiently wait for them to join us? How do I call out on them in love? You know, sometimes it's really good to call out on people, right? It's good to correct each other. But sometimes our correction comes from the bitterness of the heart that it destroys the next person. Have you seen that there are people who can correct you and you still feel loved? And there are other people who are very politically correct, but you feel very offended afterwards. It's because what is inside, where is the communication coming from? Remember, you are needed in a community. You are needed to strengthen the next person. You are needed to align to the community. When you fall, you know a community is a safe space to fall? As long as you are within the head, it's a safe space to fall. There are people who hold you up and say, let us go. But when you choose to say, you know what, I've done a lot. I don't think I belong here, the prodigal son in the Bible. I'll talk about that story. So there was a father, who had an inheritance, and he had two sons. One of the sons requested for his portion of the inheritance. And he stepped away, and he spent his inheritance on worthless things, right? It was because he had stepped away from his father, the source that he didn't realize that he was, not being, he was not multiplying what he had. But what I love about that story is that when he had spent all that he had in worthless things and he was at his lowest, he realized that he could go back to his father. And he submitted and said, I will go back to my father and submit. Even if he accepts me as a slave, it's enough for me. I would rather be with the father. When he went there, the father saw him from afar and he ran and he ran towards him. And he he clothed him, you know, with clean robes and he made a party for him. He welcomed him back and he restored him. That's unity, right? That's being unified. So it doesn't matter how many times a community member falls. I know it's hard to comprehend, right? Like, dude, we were with you last week. We told you not to do this. You're doing it again. And tomorrow, come on. Man, what are you doing? After four times, you feel like, no, no, I can't deal with this. But think of how much God is patient towards you as part of his body. He's not going to cut a finger, right? He's going to remain whole as the head. So that's who we are as a community. That person who seems to be so misaligned is needed. We need that person. We need that person. So, in our hearts, we should desire to remain one, to be united as one. Sometimes, when the leader gives an instruction in a community and you don't understand, watch and observe. Keep watching, keep observing. And when you do not understand, ask in love. Right? So powerful. So powerful. <laughs> now we are going to talk about the church. I'm sure you've already realized that we are talking about groups of united elements. It's just the size that is differing and Either one of them can be larger than the other. But I'm just touching on on the key elements that we talk about. The bottom line is we are talking about one family, one body, one unity. The church, again, is like a community. It's like a family. It's a body of people who come together for one common cause. Okay? So a common element in that is oneness, being together. I want to give examples of things that I've witnessed in Life Church Global. I'm so proud to be part of this church, honestly. I've experienced the love of God. I've seen my life being transformed by just being plugged into a community that has a common goal, a common value. I, I have seen a virtual life group in India. They traveled from different states to visit other people in a different state to be with them, to fellowship with them because they are united. They are in unison. They have the same value system. And that value system is giving life to each other. They do realize that in as much as we can meet virtually, we can talk to each other, there is you there is you know a better experience when I choose to pay my own flight ticket and visit someone and spend the whole day with them. I also know of another community that is in this church that hosts two life groups in a day. For me, that is really powerful. A family chooses to. By the way, most of these families, they prepare in advance. They clean their houses. They cook. You know, they pray. They do all that. They create an atmosphere to host people. And imagine doing that twice in a day. You do it for the first group and they go. And you clean up again. Another group comes and they go. You host them. You love on them. And it's regardless of the numbers. Even if the second group has one person, that group chooses to honor that person, to say, I will wait. Whether it's because they were working or it's because they couldn't wake up or they had other issues they had to deal with, it's okay. I am here when I'm needed. Can I ask you a question? The person who is hosted in such a manner, will they not feel loved? Imagine if they didn't want to go and they were dragging their feet and they eventually went. Would they stop going again? I don't think so. I also know of other life group members who travel long distances to just be with other people. They take two or three buses to just spend five hours with a community. How beautiful is that? How amazing is that you take four hours to spend five hours with someone. To me, that is important. I also know of another life group in our church that hosts one sleepover, one night sleepover. And it turns into a weekend. My God, that's beautiful. It's because people are so in love with each other. They are so comfortable with each other. They are beyond, you know, uh, hiding their faults and weaknesses. Their openness can be. They are willing to fellowship, willing to be together. That's when they say, okay, I know I was supposed to sleep over for one night, but can I, can I sleep over again? And it's still okay. I know oftentimes, like in this generation, it's not even acceptable to just walk up into someone's house to say, knock on the door, hi, I'm here. If you're not told to leave, sometimes you're just walking, but you know you can tell that you're not needed. And then there's this family that hosts people time and again. People go there for sleepovers, you know, they are hosted, they are loved on, and they feel loved, that's why they belong and they keep wanting to go there. To me that's, that's really powerful. And I know again of a couple. they have a small child, they have a baby. But they step out of their comfort zone to minister to other people. They are always available. They are always ministering. And they go with the baby, by the way. This baby is a pure lifer. They are always there. And they are so popular, right? Yeah, we are clapping because they are so popular, right? Because they have the value of the church. The reason why I'm pointing out to this example is not because anyone has assigned all these people to do anything. But people have become so in tune, so aligned, so much of one purpose that they do realize that I need community. We come from different backgrounds. We have different circumstances. But people are so comfortable just walking up to the next person's house. I specifically enjoy someone's tea and I go to their house to just drink tea. (laughs) I'm being for real. And I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I have no shame to say I'm here for tea and I get tea. I know I'm giving very funny examples, but if you think deeply in a community where families have disintegrated, people are suffering from depression, from stress, suicidal thoughts, they don't have Anyone to call, no one to tend to. And here I am, I can knock on someone's door for a cup of coffee, a cup of tea. Is that not a privilege? Is that not the beauty of the church? Does that not reflect the early church where people would come and be together, eat together, spend time together, and they grew in their numbers? I would like to reference the church in the book of Acts. They were gathered together. In the upper room, 120 of them in prayer, waiting on the Lord. And when the day of Pentecost came, 3,000 were added to them. Where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. I'm planted in this house because I have freedom. I am loved and therefore I love. I know that I'm needed. That's why I turn up. The reason why I've talked about this group is because like I said we are in a in a, in a we are in, in in a situation right now when we step out of this community that I've talked about and the beautiful things that I've talked about things do not appear the same out there. Post COVID we have heard of a lot of suicidal cases, right? We've heard of people who are displacing their anger on other people. We've heard of a lot of killings, families being disintegrated, a lot of divorce, a lot of that. Now we have a unit. You know, we have a community that is in place that testifies of the goodness of the Lord.
1: Come
0: on. Yeah. We have a community where everyone, where someone chooses to go for a sleepover and they are welcome anytime. We have a community where you choose to go for a service at 11 midnight when the actual service is up at 3 and someone opens their door. But you're coming from an environment where someone is drowning in their sorrow. I'm calling everyone to action as a community. Let us be one and understand our purpose and let's use that oneness as a ripple effect to the world. We are very powerful. We are a formidable power, a formidable force. Yeah. If our roots are com- connected to the weaker roots, the weaker roots will become strong, because yeah. we are strong. Yeah. Yeah. There should not be partiality amongst us when you look at other people and you judge them because of their appearance and the way they are acting at, the, at that time. A drug addict is the beloved of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. We will love them if we don't. Remember, I am Christ to the family that I am because I then manifest Christ to the outside world. We have tested and seen that the Lord is good in our community. What about the next person outside? I'm sure all these experiences and examples that I've given are not because someone is preaching the Bible and shoving it down people's throats. I never had that experience. But I stepped out of my shell. Now I'm I'm okay. I'm happy to be with anyone. But it was not because if some, someone is telling me the scriptures every day, thou shalt not do that, thou shalt not do this. It was because there was unity. Come on, yeah. We have the heads who are our pastors, Pastor John and Kelsey. Yeah. They continuously drive yeah. us, you know, yeah. guide us, channel us towards the right direction slowly. Yeah. You know. I can testify as an individual that each time I spend time with them, I feel loved. Yes. Yes. Each time I spend time with them, I feel like I'm their best. Yes. Until I meet up with Amanda. And Amanda's like, I was with Mr. John and okay. this happened. I'm not exalting the men, you should understand. I'm exalting Christ in oh them wow. and honoring the purpose and the authority that they've given. They've been given by God to direct us. You know, in the right direction. We we experience all this because we have loving parents, right? Yes. Again, I'll go back to the family. Pastor John and Pastor Kelsey, our parents, right? We are the children. Children, obey your parents. And they're training us up in the way we should go, right? And so far, it's a fun ride.
1: Yeah. For
0: me, it is. <laughs> So far, it's a fun ride. Yeah. And I do realize that over time, when I spend time with other people, they do experience the same things that I experience when I spend time yeah. with Pastor John and Kelsey. Yeah. It's because I have aligned myself with them and I've been with them for a long time that when I step away from them, I still behave like them. Yeah. So good, yeah. 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 So good. And this is why I can knock on someone's door for a cup of tea. I've learned to love, right? I've learned to be myself. I've learned to embrace community. I'm encouraging all of us. You are needed. Don't look at yourself and judge yourself. Don't belittle yourself. Don't wait for the next person to tell you you are needed. You are needed. You make the whole. You make the whole, and I'm calling you today to just step out, you know, of your comfort zone. Do not be afraid to expose areas that you're developing. There is nothing wrong with that. There is no judgment in a family. I want to talk about a story in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 7. I'm going to read that verse three, Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine in is in the city and we shall die there. But if we sit here, we will also die. Now therefore, come let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall only die. And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of the chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they say to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore, they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. And when the lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried from it silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent and they carried some from there also, and they went and hid it. The story goes on. But you find something interesting here. These people were, they had leprosy, they shunned upon, they despised, and feeble as well, right? Because they were sickly, they were feeling poorly. But they made a decision and they were even in doubt. But they advanced in doubt. And look at what happened. God worked out in their favor, right? There is power in unity. There is power in unity. There is power in deciding to be with one another and acting in one accord. Whatever two or three men shall touch and agree upon, it shall be established. We talk about a lot of things that are going wrong. But we have solution to those things. When we touch and agree. And we replicate ourselves. We manifest the results we want to see. I'm challenging each one of us. The reason why I've read about these lepers is because someone thinks they can't. They think they are feeble. They think they have leprosy. But even the lepers can redeem You know, the story goes on to say that after this, they went back and told the Israelites about this. And the Israelites also came and plundered of this wealth. But it was an agreement that came from the feeble. So I'm addressing anyone who thinks they don't quite feed. You know, I still have this that I'm working on until I've come to this level. Maybe I can start participating. Maybe until I start reading the Bible 10 times, that's when I can really be part of a life group. Or when I can visit my friend, when I can pray in tongues, or when I can lay hands, or when I prophesy and something happens, that's when I can be plugged into a community. You are needed the way you are. You become and You, 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 you become Christ as you continuously fellowship with one another. It is the value system of God. Do not neglect meeting and fellowshipping with one another. It's a value system. Never feel like you want to stay back. It's being lured to attack. You know that? Whenever you feel like, ah, let me step back. I need to sleep a bit. Be careful. That's when you just need to tell yourself, you know what? I'm going anyways. I'll just be there. (laughs) I'd rather be there. Today is the day that I need to be there. I'll tell you another story in the Bible. You relate with it. I'll paraphrase it. There was a there was a powerful man in the Bible by the name David. David the king. He had a group of armies, like a powerful union of people that he went with to raid other nations, and they were often successful. And there was one time when he chose to stay back. Everyone else went. And he decided to stay back. I don't know. Maybe initially it was because he had an injury or he was tired. The Bible doesn't record. But from there, he fell into sin. He watched. He saw someone's woman taking a bath and he lasted after her. Right? And from that last, he killed the woman's husband. He needed a prophet to come and remind him that he was sinning. It was because he stepped away. He stepped out of the group. As an individual, David was really powerful and strong. He's the same David who killed Goliath. And the people he actually trained went for war. And he remained the strongest of them all, I suppose. And because he remained, he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He fell into sin. Now, falling is not the big issue. It's when you fall and decide to stay there. Always desire to belong. Always desire to belong. You are better off in a community. You are better off in a community. You achieve more when you are plugged in. You achieve more when you are in alignment. And you are a better community when you embrace someone who has fallen. And you do not judge them and you do not remind them of their failure. But you do realize that they're the missing link you've always needed in your life. Oh I want to read from the book of 1 Peter chapter 4 from verse 8 to 11. It says, Above all, love each other because love covers a multitude of sins. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Let's love one another. Let's love one another. As Christ has loved us, let's love one another. When we continuously love one another, we become one. I may have all the attributes. I may hear what my... My father says, I may hear what my husband says, I may hear what my spiritual parents say, but if I lack no love, I'm a disjointed unit of a family. But when I'm in love, that's when I observe and I'm not selfish. I'm looking out to see what my leader is doing, what my friend is doing, what my community member is doing. And I'm reaching out. You know, the, the good thing with sonship or with mentoring is that over time, there's replication. So even when we are spread across the globe, we still portray the same value system. I said it earlier on, right? Yeah. And when we do that, we are, we are a continuous, a perpetual solution to the challenges we face. Think about the no cancer zone. Okay, we have Teza who is in USA and she declares that this is a no cancer zone. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and we have Leslie in India, he says this is a no cancer zone. Come on. Yeah. All right, we have Sam in Australia, he declares that this is a no cancer zone, yeah. and Nikki in Hong Kong says the same thing. Come on. Come on. Uh, so good. What happens to the world?
1: Come on! Yeah. Come on. Oh, that's it. Come on.
0: We are united for a purpose. We are united for a common cause. And we are building up towards the body of Christ. We are one body. Though we are so many, we are one body. When we uphold that body, we create a, a powerful force, an unstoppable force. Now that transcends, towards, uh, that transcends above generations, above different religions. I know I've talked about my church, but I'm not saying it's only happening in my church. It's the body of Christ. When we have the same value, we continue, you know, we expand. We have the value of life, the value of God. We are one body in Christ. We become that. So, when we remove the lens of identity, physical, natural identity, the, 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 when we remove the lens of religion, I belong to this, I belong to that. And you choose to say, I'm hanging out with people, I'm going for a run. I don't care which church I go to, I don't, I don't care my religion, what my religion is. I'm here because I'm here for spiritual and mental health. I'm here for the cause of community. Exercising is good for the community, no? How many people are our best in the community? Do they have to be Christian to work out? Think about that. Right? So it's when you you remove all the lenses, okay? And you are so raw in your vision. You are being Christ. That's where seen, you see the, the, the world changing around you. Yeah. It's possible that obesity can be cured. It's possible that, you know, blood pressure and all these conditions that are caused by unhealthy habits can be overcome by a community that decides to be united. And that community is you and I. I want everyone to stand up. I want you to look at yourself and see how important you are. See yourself beyond the lens of humanity. Don't look at your stature. Look at who you are as a member of the body. How you have been plugged in in your family. How you have been plugged into a community and how you are even plugged right now. And think of how, when you continuously play your role, when you continuously look up to your leadership, when you continuously play your role, even with people around you, you can have that ripple effect. You are empowered to solve situations, you are empowered to become Christ in every situation, and you are empowered to lead. when when God appoints you to lead a community that you get into, step out and be like Christ. Step out in love. Do not look at who you are saving. Do not judge them according to the flesh, but see Christ in them. Be united with them in Christ and you'll be amazed at the results you see. I just want to pray right now. Father, we thank you that we are family with you. We are united for a purpose. You have made us one with you. We are your body and you are our head. And as we are with you, so are we in the communities that we live in, in the the churches we are in, in the families that we live in. We thank you, Lord, that we do realize that we are called to purpose and each one of us is needed. We thank you, Lord, that we have love to patiently wait for others to recover. We have enough love to see others through their weaknesses and strengthen them. We have enough love to watch and be led, to be willing to learn, to be willing to see the bigger picture where God is taking us through obedience through understanding, guidance, and following instruction. I speak healing to families that are disintegrated. I speak obedience to children. I speak love. I pray that parents have the patience to train their children in the way that they should go. They are not perfect, but parents have the patience to love on their children and to keep embracing them. I thank God for the community that we are in. I release the healing of God. Where there is depression, I sow seeds of joy and peace. Where there is unforgiveness, I sow seeds of forgiveness. Bitterness is no place in a community because we are bound by the codes of love. There is no love greater than the love that Jesus is displayed on the cross, dying for us. We have seen such great love and we can exercise love towards our neighbors, our communities. We are called for a purpose. We are called to restore. We are called to heal. We are called yes. to empower. Yes. We are called to strengthen. Yeah. We are called for nations. And I release that to each and everyone who is in a community, who is in a church, who is in a family, who is planted. And we thank you, Lord, that we are all planted in the house of the Lord and we flourish. We are flourishing because we are planted. Our roots are here. We are intertwined and we are growing.